So I knew that, you know, him being close by coaching me in life and coaching me in wrestling, I knew that I could be a champion for Christ and a champion on the mat. And uh, I thought that there was definitely no way that I couldn't achieve my goals. You know, if my dad's close by. Welcome to The Champion Life with Kurt Tucker. My purpose is to love, encourage, and empower you to become the champion leader God created you to be and live what I like to call the champion life. A life of abundance, freedom, and victory where you, my friend, are winning in every area of your life. Your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finances. I'm your host, Kurt Tucker. Let's have some fun. All righty. Well, welcome back to the Champion Life Podcast. My name's Kurt Tucker. I'm excited about the episode that I have today. Friends, I want to share with you right now that if you are a husband or if you have a desire to raise a champion young man, especially, this is an episode that you're going to want to really listen into closely. You're going to want to take notes on. You might even want to go back and watch this episode with your kid. I've got two incredible people on here with me today that I'm so thankful and grateful to call friends. I've watched this family grow over the years. They have an incredible story. They're they're known all over really the world, especially in the wrestling world. Uh, I'm super excited for this episode as I have uh, none other than Nate Carr on with me today and his son, David. So uh, welcome to the show, guys. How are you guys doing today? Yep, just fine, Kurt. It's good to see you again. We've spent a lot of time together in the past, and it's good to see you. Yeah, doing great. Doing doing awesome. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, you guys are are out in Iowa right now training. I know, David, you was just in North Carolina this weekend. You guys are traveling all over the world, not just over the United States, not from Iowa to North Carolina. I mean, literally all over the place. And I definitely want to dig into where you guys are at right now in your life. But before I do that, I I do want to go back and just kind of give my audience a a little bit of context of how we met, coach especially, and then kind of dig into some of the wrestling stuff. And, And for those of you guys who don't know Nate and David. Let me share with you a little bit of backstory on theirs because one of the things I love about Coach is he doesn't really care a lot about the accolades uh, unless it's giving glory to Christ. But I think it's important as we share this episode that you understand as you're listening to this that that these people have accomplished a lot in especially the world of athletics. And you know, Paul talks a lot about in scripture that man, we have to compete like an athlete. We have to go into strict training, right? Not only just from an athletic standpoint, but from a spiritual standpoint. Nate and I met, geez, it's been like a decade now, right, coach? Right around 10 years ago, we met through a business endeavor where I became sort of his business coach. And uh, I remember the first time that we ever got paired together, coach, in a car. We had about a two or three hour drive together and uh, man, you trained me up on the on the word of God. And then I was training you up on some business stuff. Man, I'll never forget that first car ride, which was absolutely incredible. But hey, you come from a from a big family, <laughs> 15 kids, grew up in Pennsylvania, you know, went on, wrestled at Iowa State, right? David, you've kind of followed in the footsteps. You're one of, I believe it's seven, right, coach? Seven kids, seven total. And so, David, you're now at Iowa State, you know, kind of 
setting your own path though, but went and followed where dad wrestled. One of the things that I always remember about you just young as you would come over and, and wrestle with the kids, man, in the living room and stuff is just how approachable you've always been, how goal-driven, you know, mission-focused, but also just that you just have such an incredible spirit. And people glue to that. I see your social media and how people just love to be around you. But you're fierce on the mat, dude. That's one thing I see about you. And so you've went on to accomplish some incredible things in the wrestling world, a five-time state champion in high school, which... I didn't even know it was possible, but you won state as an eighth grader and then went on. You've now won a national championship at Iowa State. You're a U.S. national champion. I mean, you've accomplished so many different things as well. So I want to kind of go back, though, to early years, if you will, Coach Carr, because a lot of this episode is, episode is about how do we build champions as a father into our kids? My first question for you, Coach, is, what was it for you growing up? Like, how were you modeled? Because you were raised with a lot of siblings and your brothers had a lot of success. What was it like for you growing up, the things that maybe you could relay back one or two things that was instilled in you that you would say, hey, Kurt, this is something that I can definitely attest and say that these things were very much valued that helped you have so much success in those early years that you then could say, these are things I've definitely passed on to David. Yeah, I would think first, one of the things I would say with a little sarcasm is that the reason I was so good is because I got beat up a lot. And <laughs> my, bro my brothers were always working with me. And, uh, you know, the more that I had the opportunity to hang out with them and to learn, and they were always encouraging me, hey, you stay with this, you could even be better than us. And... That was one of the things I kind of held on to, that if I work hard, I could be one of the best in my family, which would put me at being one of the best in the world. But I did have some brothers that poured into me. And I think one of the things that I took away from them is that they coached me. And the word coach, I got this out of a book, Coach to Coach, I think was the title of the book. But basically, here's what coaching means. It's from a family of artisans in Budapest in the 1400s. And basically, it meant to take somebody somewhere, number one, number two, where they want to go, and number three, the most germane point is when they can't get there by themselves. I mean, that's ministry. That's being a father. That I remember telling Linda was giving me a hard time. She said, we're taking David to all these places and he's wrestling, he's losing, we're spending money. And I just remember telling him, hey, it's all right, hon. I'm aiming him. That's something she shares all the time. I'm aiming him. And that's what coaching is about. You know, where do you want your sons to go? Where do you want your family to go? What kind of people do you want them to be? And I think all of that comes into that. Uh, George Foreman, I mean, Ken Norton said something that I can identify with. He said, out of all my titles, being a father is the one I love the most. Mm, man, that's awesome. You know, so, so David, when your father talks like that, 
how does that make you feel? Because obviously he's had a huge impact on your success. I see some of the stuff that you'll post on social media, how close you guys are. You guys are always just interacting together. But when he talks about that and he's been your coach, right? Part through high school and even I know you have a college coach, but dad's always coaching you, right? When dad talks like that, what has been the significant impact of having Nate in your corner? Like, what's been the significance of that for you throughout your years and the success you've had? I would say, like, number one, even just coming to Iowa State, you know, that's a college that obviously my dad wrestled at and had a lot of success. I remember thinking that, you know, going because he coached me in high school. I just knew that if I went to college and my dad was close by, if he could help me mature and help me grow in the wrestling. And as a man, I knew that not only that I would become a, a great person, but I also become a champion. So I knew that, you know, him being close by coaching me in life and coaching me in wrestling, I knew that I could be a champion for Christ and a champion on the mat. And uh, I thought that there was definitely no way that it, I couldn't achieve my goals. You know, if, if my dad's close by, I'm definitely going to be able to achieve my goals because He's a great coach. Um, he's a good father. So those are the things that I had a lot of confidence in, having him close by. And we're, we have a good relationship. I know some people maybe like to get farther away from their parents when they when they go to college. Um, <laughs> my parents are just around the corner. So I have a good relationship with my, my, my mom and dad. And I think, you know, one of the things that my dad says is, you know, legacy isn't something that you leave with somebody, but something that you leave within them. And so I think you know, the characteristics, his humbleness, his humility, and uh, how he carries himself is the things that I notice the most. That's why I want to focus on. You can win championships, but you know I think it's important to have great character and to show that throughout your career. Man, I, I love that. And you know, one of the things that you said, Coach, and then you kind of reiterated it. You know, and and that's what I'm all about. I mean, the Champion Builders, which is my coaching program, is really comes from ultimately the Great Commission. You know, what did Christ say that we should go out and we should make disciples? And I just changed those two words into build champions. Because when we understand that the word champion has really kind of a, a double meaning, right? The first is that we would outlast the competition, that we would rival to the top, right? And you guys have obviously accomplished that from an athletic vernacular. But then the, the dual meaning is that we would be a defender of purpose, that we would fight on behalf of someone else. And, you know, for many years, obviously, dad has, has been the champion in your corner, right? Not only helping you become a champion from, from an athletic vernacular, but more importantly, becoming that champion for Christ, which I know you're heavily involved in different things, whether it's FCA, you're always championing the younger version. I saw you just this past weekend out there with Stephen Furtick's son, Graham, and I know you do a lot of youth wrestling camps, just paying it forward, right? Which is really the purpose of this podcast when I got the vision for the Champion Life podcast was how can I utilize the blessing that God has given me in the, in the relationships to bring on some of the people that I admire, that I respect, that have what you just said about your dad, great humility, and utilize and share their message to the world that ultimately going to help them have a greater impact and, and influence, man. So, so I really love that. Speaking of the faith component, how would you guys say that your faith and that foundation has basically allowed you guys to have the success? Like, 
I know that that's your number one. So why is it your number one? Why do you feel like that is so important for any athlete that's listening to this, David, maybe, or coach for any father that's listening to this? Like, why do you feel like faith should be number one, should be the foundation? And how has that impacted your guys' success over the years? Yeah, I, I think that, one, my father was a pastor. So, I mean, I grew up with the Bible around. When I was young, I didn't leave the house without hearing my mother praying and crying for those that had left the home and for those still in the home. I'm talking every day. I mean, they lived it out. My mom's 95. And if you go to my house and you tell her, hey, I know your son, Nathaniel, she'll say, come on in and give you some food. And you don't have to revive You know what I'm saying? She's 95. Her mom passed at 107. So, I mean... I mean, she lives it. It's it's real. And I think when it's real and you realize that your heaven is your destination, uh, that really affects how you live. It affects how you look at fathering. I mean, when I'm reading Psalms 139, God is telling David, I knew you before you were born. Wow. You, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. He literally says in that same chapter, like verse 17, 18, David, I put more thoughts into making you than there are grains of sand along the seashore. As much as your mother and father love you, they can't say that many nice things about you because it's incalculable. So look at God, how much he loves us, how much he cares for us. And so we birth our children, but, you know, then we gave them back to him. But the whole process, I see God as the architect. I see him as the one that drives our purpose. Uh, imagine Paul killing the Christians, meets God, Jesus on the road to Damascus. And then in Galatians 1, he's sharing his story. He's sharing his testimony. And then he says something like this. From my mother's womb, I was born to do what I'm doing. Are you kidding me? You were killing the Christians a while ago. But the closer he got to Christ, the more the spirit of God that searches the deep things of God revealed to him, buddy, from your mother's womb, where you're born to do this and carry out this purpose. Mm, I love that. So from a very young age for you, obviously, faith was instilled as something. And and I know, David, it's been the same for you because I, I know dad and, and you mentioned Linda earlier, your wife, who... Yes. I call her mom a car. I mean, she yeah. she's an incredible woman. So, so. Her, you know, going up in the house like that, you almost don't have a choice. But one of the Southern maxims I always use is just because you're in the oven don't make you a biscuit. So I was around a lot of Christians, a lot of saved people, but I didn't get saved till later on. But for sure, my parents had influence on me to where I realized that I couldn't live this life without accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And once I did that, pursuing him and realizing that nobody give out trophies before the tournament, but it's how you run this tournament of life, if you will, this race of life, then God will have crowns waiting for you, depending on how you live for him. So I looked at it, you know, almost in the way that I looked at athletics. And Paul is doing that in 1 Corinthians 9, 23. Hey, we all run the race, but run to win. And what does running to win look like? That's powerful. That's powerful. What about you, David, when it comes to your faith and, and everything? 
how important is that to you and everything that you do on a daily basis as a student, as an athlete, as a son, as a mentor to a lot of young kids? I mean, a lot of different things. Yeah, it's, it's an important part of my life. I think that definitely growing up, it's it's something that was important. I think that I, I found more of the relational piece and more of the making it my own when I got to college. So like in high school, you know, I go to Bible study Wednesday, church on Sunday, but I didn't have like a relationship, you know, I think some people, you know, I go to church and then that's the only time I'm thinking about God or I go to Bible study is the only time I'm thinking about God or maybe something bad happened or I need like to win a match. I'm like, all right, Lord, I need you to help me win this match. I wouldn't say it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was like a relationship as much, but you know, I'm hearing, I know, I know the stories in the Bible. I know about Paul, Saul, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. I know this gospels. I would say I, I had a good understanding but I didn't have the relationship. And so I think the enemy doesn't mind if you're going to church, mm-hmm. as long as you leave church without a relationship with God. You know, he's like, hey, go to church. That's fine. And mm-hmm. I think in high school, I think that was more of the thing. I think I, I was saved young and believed that Jesus Christ died for my sins. But I, I just didn't have like that intimate relationship growing, reading the Bible, studying the word, like kind of just running after the cross and carrying the cross. When I got to college, the reason I cho- one of the reasons I chose Iowa State is they had a great college ministry called Salt Network. They had FCA. And you know, that was one of the things I would ask on my college visits. Was like, hey, what's, you know, hey, you guys got a great wrestling program. How can I grow as a wrestler and as a man? You know, what, what's your church look like? What's, do you guys even have FCA? Like, what's going on with that? So they had, there's FCA here and they had the college ministry of Salt. So even on my visit, I went to church on my visit to check out the church. And I was like, wow, there was like thousands of students running after Christ and, and trying to learn about God. So I was like, this is the place I want to be. And so when I came to college is really when I got that relational piece, I, I got in this thing called a connection group, my roommate or soon to be roommate, Dan kind of, we'd go to church together and we started going to these Bible studies and these group and we dive deep on like, what does it look like to be a man of God in college? You know, I have my dad and my parents who have a good example for me, but they're a little bit older or they're they're wise and they're kind of farther along in life. And then when I get to college, I have these guys who are like the same age as me who are like, dude, we're, we're not going to wait to battle sin when we're older. We're not going to wait to let the enemy trick us now. We want to address the lies of the enemy. We want to repent of our sins. We want to walk pretty much a good example of how you should walk as a Christian man in college. So, you know, you know, we're not going to be drinking. We're not going to be doing anything too crazy. We're just going to be not going to be perfect. We're all falling short of the glory of God, but we're going to try our best to walk in a way that's honorable to God and then impact people as well. So like the younger people that look up to me, the people that are at camps, I'm trying to influence them as well. That's No, that's awesome. I love that. When you think about success, when you think about being a champion in life, if you had to just pick two or three attributes just off the top of your head that just come to your mind, that if someone is listening to this podcast right now and they're like, man, like I, I want to level up. I want to become more as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as an entrepreneur. What would you say are the two or three things that are, man, like these are the three things that I would tell you have had the greatest impact for me. And I think it's almost like foolproof. If you implement these two or three things on a daily basis, it's like there's no way that you can't have more success in your life, no matter what you do, whether it's as an athlete, it's as as a husband, it's in your business. Like, what are the top things that come to your mind? Go ahead, coach. That's a tough one. I don't know if I could just only give you three, but I like this statement by Frank Pittman. It says, fathering is not something perfect men do but something that perfects the man. 
So I think that, I think just the struggles and realizing in life that you got to fail forward. I think that represents the grace of God to me. Another thing, fathering, like you, there's no perfect. You're not going to be a perfect father, right? Perfect, perfect husband. So I liken it to this analogy. Imagine you're in the shower and you're holding a wet bar of soap, especially when it comes to raising kids. Well, too tight it comes out. Too loose it comes out. So you have to get the soap along with the water to create the film that comes from the soap and connects with your hand where you get that right there and you can hold the soap. Well, that film to me represents the grace of God. That, you know, it's by God's grace that I'm raising my children. It's with his influence. It's with his wisdom. I mean, the acrostics for Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. So we have a playbook and we learn from the playbook and we apply the the playbook and you learn from other men. Let the older men help the younger men. Let the older women help the younger women. And so it's not just knowledge, but it's action and the action equals experience. And that's what we call wisdom. And that's kind of what you, you get, you get around other people pouring into you. Uh, the older I get, the wiser my dad is. I, lo I love that. You know, one of the things when I wrote my book, the champion life playbook, it was all about how do we create more abundance and freedom and victory in our life in every area, whether that's our faith, our fitness, our family, our finances. And what I wanted to do is say, hey, because one of the things that sometimes people that I've learned is if, if you want to impress people, tell them about, about your successes. But if you want to empower them, tell them about your messes. And, and it's like, here's the roadmap of everything in, in the book of my last 40 years that has gone good and also gone wrong. There's two forms of wisdom, right? There's the wisdom that we learn from our own mistakes, and then there's the wisdom that we learn from someone else's mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that kind of wisdom, because if I can, if somebody says, hey man, there's a hole right here, go around, I want to know there's a hole there, because I don't want to fall in just so I can say, oh, I fell in, I learned a lesson. I'd rather just walk around that hole, right? <laughs> Right. So if you just listen a little bit by accident, you're going to have success. You know, if you have the right person anyways, you know, if you have the right person around you, it's going to make a difference. But failing forward, I think, is huge. And realizing that God, even in his word, says he was run to me. How about he said, come to the throne of grace? First of all, it's a throne of grace and mercy. He already knows you're going to uh, mess up, that you're not perfect. But he said, run to me. I'm going to give you rest. He lives to give us his grace and his mercy. He lives to see us grow through and not go through. Man, that's so good. David, what what about you? Your dad mentioned a couple things. What about for you uh, when it comes to the two or three things that come to the top of your head that you feel like sets you up every single day to win and, and have success? I would say uh, just as far as some attributes that if you see these things that help you be successful in a lot of areas of life, I say for one, just personally for me, being a reader, uh, being someone who, who wants to read books and understand um, knowledge from other people. You know, if you read a book, I'm reading about Michael Phelps. I'm going to know that this dude didn't take a day off for six or seven years. He trained constantly. He Even on his birthday, he would train. On Christmas, he would train. So for me, that tells me, 
you know, this guy has the most Olympic medals. He's accomplished. This guy trained extremely hard. What can I do to do that? And then his failures, he might talk about his failures in his book, just like you talked about. He might say like, uh, you know, I learned really quick that I had to surround myself with champions on my team so I could go further rather than surround myself with guys who were skipping workouts and skipping reps. You know, that rubs off on them. That's an influence. So just from reading, being a reader, someone who consumes knowledge and understanding, even the people who are rich, people who are rich, they're reading about, you know, the next, the books, they're reading about different people who are rich. I'm reading about people who are rich. I'm learning about finances and that endeavor in my life. I'm already going to be ahead. Not even a lot of people read, you know, if I read like five or six books a, a year, I'm already ahead of half the population. So knowing the importance of reading and understanding in whatever area, if you want to be good at fathering, read books about fathering and understanding that you're going to make mistakes, you're going to learn things about it. If you want to be a great business person, read about business. If you want to be a great champion, a great wrestler, I've read about some of the best wrestlers in the world and the, the experiences they've been through that have helped them be great wrestlers. The, the the failures they've they've gone through. So I'm like, man, this guy's Jordan Burroughs, you know, he didn't have a best college career, you know, until his junior senior year. He, he went through a lot of injuries, a lot of a lot of things that didn't go his way. He's a seven-time world champion, but there's years where he got bronze and years where he had some setbacks. And that and losing it's relatable. You can understand a lot of people that don't always win. So that's what I've learned. Reading is huge. I think the other thing is just goal setting. If you're not having a goal on the plan, it's gonna be hard to get there in anything in business in life and so if my goal is to be with my faith my goal is to be a man of god is every day am i trying to open my bible or prayer think about god is it a priority if it's a priority if, if you say it's a priority then you have to make it a priority you're just going to spend a, a certain amount of time every day praying for someone reading your bible inviting people to church doing those things and uh you know not lawlessness or anything like that but just because of how much you love god I want to be the best in wrestling. My goal is to be a national champion. What am I going to eat today that's going to help me be a national champion? What film am I going to watch that's going to help me be a national champion? We did two workouts. How about I do an extra one? How will that help me be a national champion? You know, I've read books about Olympic champions, national champions. They work out extra. They eat good food. They eat clean. And so I would say goal setting and uh, reading, being a reader, being just being a learner, always learning um, through books documentaries, movies, things like that. And Coach, go ahead and say, but one of the things that you've always said that has always stuck with me, I put it in my book, is no strategy, no victory. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and the reality is, is the strategy is the plan. It's the path to victory. It's the path to the goal, right? Like once we create the vision in our mind of whatever it is that we want to accomplish, if it's earning a national championship, if it's earning a certain amount of money, if it's taking our marriage to the next level, if it's growing spiritually, like that is the vision, that is the goal, that is the, the thing that we want to accomplish. But then comes the work, right? And the work is the plan. The work is to sit down and to say, okay, what would I have to do to become that person, that husband, that athlete, that business person? And, and you guys have said so much already about how important it is to align yourself with greatness to study what other people are doing to have said because i can put together a plan my wife says this all the time failures should have seminars because i don't want to follow that plan that led that guy to be divorced twice or cheating on his wife or being broke financially or overweight or depressed like 
I want to follow the plan that God has for me that's going to help me live with abundance and freedom and victory. So it is important who we surround ourselves with and who we're get. you know, you're going and learning from the best wrestlers in the world, right? You know what I mean? To get even better, so to speak. But I love that whole thing that it, it, it sounds to me like you guys, you start your day with the right foundation of opening up the word and, and asking for wisdom and truth that essentially begins your path to victory every day and creates that strategy, if you will. So uh, that's just always stuck with me, coach, is that no strategy, no victory. But go ahead. Yeah, no strategy, no victory. And, you know, really, when you think about it, God is really intricately woven into all of your life. Because when I think about it, he's going to give out crowns, and that's going to be based on how you live this life. So every part of your life has to involve your relationship with Jesus Christ and how you respond because you really want to bring glory and honor to him. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you got to study. That's why you got to stay on it. And God's so patient. There's a little Southern maxim I like to use as well. It says, you learn what you did know about what you thought you knew when you go through. That's oh, good. Yeah. Right. That's grandma going, child, going back home. It's OK. You know why she's saying that she already been through it. She's like, just hang on in there. God to get you through it. You know, that's why I'm here. She basically saying that's what I did. You'll be all right. Going back home. Yeah. So you learn what you didn't know about what you thought you knew when you go through. And that's where mentors, mentors have went through, other champions have went through. So they, they can help you with the wisdom of that. But uh, yeah, God's grace, his mercy, you learn what you did know about what you thought you knew when you go through. But another thing, setting those goals and, and going for the goals, knowing that it's going to be hard. And I think a lot of people, even just that I've experienced this with different teammates and going through from high school to college, it's like, you want to be a champion. You want to be a champion, but you don't want to feel the things mm. that the champion has to go through. Mm. It's easy to say you want to be the best in business. It's easy to say you want to be a, a national champion. But then when you have to go through the, the growing pains and the pains to go through it, not a lot of people want to do it. And that's why there's only the select few that make the Olympic team, that be a national champion. But I think it's they want to feel the things of like, oh, I want to be the best. I want to be a champion. But then when it's like, all right, this is the goal. Now we got to start from the beginning it's a long way up it's going to be a lot of a lot of adversity a lot of things you got to go through and those are the things that a lot of people aren't willing to to go through those type of pains and i think it's just what what are you willing to give up what are you willing to sacrifice and the ones who are great the great ones when you read about when you watch them they're willing to sacrifice everything and they're willing to endure a lot even if they fail they're going to fail and fail and fail and they're going to continue to get back up until they get their goal and I think that's that's the message of like it's not going to happen overnight and, and it's going to be hard, but you got to be able to withstand that. I think having that endurance is the thing that's going to help you be the best. So setting those goals, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. No one's going to achieve something that was easy and be like, man, that was awesome. And like, OK, whatever. But you do something that's difficult and you achieve it it's even more um, worth your while. And I, and I like to add to that, that's something that, you know, I share with David is that if you're going to be a champion, you're going to have to be good at saying no, but you only can have a no if you have a big yes. And acrostically, yes means you expecting success, but learning to say no gets you closer to the yes. Yeah, I always say that the devil can't destroy us, 
but he can distract us. Yeah. All right. You know, and there's a lot of things that are vying for for your time, especially for whether you're a high level athlete or you're a husband who's trying to provide and, and build a business or level up in your fitness or your marriage. There's always going to be people, places and things that are disguised as the enemy. They're like, come over here. Right. You know, all those things that for many years, I tried to fill the void with the sex and the drugs and the alcohol and the more money and all those things that, that they could never compare to when I said yes to Christ. And then all of a sudden started letting the Holy Spirit. And then you, do, you begin to start learning things of like, oh, that's where love comes from. That's where peace, that's where joy, that's where that comes from. It, it's not from anything else. So, and you guys have talked a lot about failing just because you've said so much about this and like, for those people who are listening to this right now, and they're feeling like a failure, right? You know, because sometimes we can be our worst own enemy or our biggest critic. Like I always say to my wife, Rachel, like, I don't need you to tell me where I messed up. I already know. I'm the one that has to lay my head on the pillow and say to myself, man, you fell short today, right? Like if maybe I didn't respond correctly to Carson on something, my son's an athlete or in our marriage or in my business, and I'm already beating myself up. But like, how do you deal with those adversity? How do you deal with when, hey man, the goal was the national championship and you fell a little short, right? And it's like, how do I get back up and, and keep going? Like, what's your recommendation for the people who are maybe experiencing that right now in their life? What's the word of wisdom for them? I think, I think a couple of things. We use a word that I kind of came up with that I learned that David uses as well. Having a Panglossian perspective, and the Panglossian is someone who always sees the glass half full. Even Edison said he didn't look at all of his attempts as failures. He called them attempts and then added its acquired knowledge. So he knew where he was going, and he was always growing and learning from the failures. And I think that's true because you keep walking in the hole, right? So I think that's true. And then I think knowing how God has made our bodies and that for every decision that you have, there's a chemical release in your body that matches it. So if that's the case, then choose to think the right way and a chemical will make you feel the right way. Mm. That, that's amazing. That's important, making those decisions because that determines how you feel, right? That's so it. get up, read a nice book before you go to bed. Read a good book when you get up, right? It's going to help you in that. But man, the way you think, boy, that's that's where you're going. That's why God said, as a man thinketh, so is he. Not so is he, so he thinketh. But the thinking is first because it determines where you're going. So you've got to speak good things to yourself and in the right perspective because that's going to determine how you feel yes notice and feelings change so you don't even want to base it on feelings but you base it on the truth of god and philippians does a good job by saying this is the things you should think if you want a good mind think on these things that are lovely that have a good report think peaceful think on those things and God tells you when you are struggling with what you what you think, 
Bring it to me and make an exchange. Give me the burden. Give me what's bothering you. And I'm going to give you some peace that is so powerful that it passes all of man's understanding. So mm -hmm. take your burdens to him. He wants them. He said, come on. Don't be heavy laden and burdened down. Come to me. I'm going to give you a gift. It's called rest. Mm -hmm. It's not even a transaction. He just said, I'm going to give it to you. And, you know, Rachel, my wife, she defines rest as releasing every single thing. It's not necessarily saying, hey, go rest by doing nothing. Right. As much as it's just saying, hey, listen, just go take whatever it is that is that is weighing you down and causing this heaviness, this burden. And I think one of the things you've mentioned is what an incredible like I know this for you, for David, you know, is you're you're a loving father. You're an encouraging father, and there's nothing that David can't bring to you. Just like there's nothing that we can't bring to our heavenly father to just say, here I am. Like he takes us as we are. But he lives to do it. That's why he came. I mean, just think about it. Mm, that's amazing. And I do agree so much. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And, and it's those thoughts that we're continuously planting into the garden of our mind that over time we reap a harvest. That's powerful. Cast down the negative, then replace it. How about that? Mm. So you got to learn to do that well. Yes. Place it. Get good at replacing, you know, and then do the reps. Like Ben David will say, a lot of people have a lot of reps here down. Their muscles are big. They have no reps here up. 10,000 reps from the neck up. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you saying that to me one day, coach. Hey man, dude, cause you know, obviously I come from a fitness background, owning gyms and always, you know, I love to work out and I know you guys are working out every day. I remember mm -hmm. coach, we'd be in a hotel room and you'd be like, I got to get my pushups in. I'm like, <laughs> Go get them, right? Let's go. So as we kind of come to a close, man, this has been good. I mean, gosh, just thank you so much for your guys' time. There's so much to chew on. More importantly, there's so much to implement. Because as we know, information without application, there's no transformation. But if we take what we're learning and we apply it, and you guys have given so many different things today to apply and so that leads me to my last question, and I want to let the audience know where to find you guys. But if there's one last thing, just based upon where you're at in your guys' life right now, that you're like, this is the one thing that I am really focusing on to take myself next level. What, what is that thing that right now that you guys are like, man, this is my focus. This is the one thing that God is speaking to me right now that might be, you know, a word of encouragement to somebody else in their life. So coach, I'll let you go first. What's the one thing that really is illuminated right now for you that you're really focusing on to continue to become your very best? Because we're always growing. We're always getting better, right? God's always illuminating things. So what is that for you right now? Yeah, just studying scriptures. Uh, this is like, uh, it's in Hebrews. I want to say maybe that second chapter, but it talks about drifting from the faith. And it's interesting you could drift without doing nothing. Like you don't plan to choke when the water goes down the wrong pipe. It's just some drifting. You do nothing and it happens. You mm -hmm. don't have, you know, you don't have to work at it. You just drift. So what working it to make sure that doesn't happen by focusing on the word of God and the application that it has on my life. 
and just being an intentional about loving people, uh, loving my wife, loving my children, just even more of that because if you drift, pretty soon you'll start looking like you're from the world and not from God's kingdom. So really looking at not drifting. And I think Hebrews, he's saying that, hey guys, look at the power of this salvation. Don't drift, work at getting rooted. Because it's a, the word picture is a boat that's drifting. But if the boat's drifting, it's because it doesn't have an anchor. Well, Christ is our anchor. So I want to make sure that I'm anchored to him so I don't drift. That's good. That's so good. That's so good. David, what about you? What's the one thing right now that you feel really uh, that's illuminating you that you're really focused on working on to keep helping you go to that next level as a champion? I would say right now, just really focusing on dialing in and and being disciplined in all areas of my life. I think that, you know, I've always been able to wrestle at a high level. I think just, you know, making sure I'm eating the right things, uh, making sure I'm getting the right sleep, every area, making sure I'm growing my mind, uh, training my mind to be great, to be tough, saying the right things to myself. And then lastly, you know, obviously doing all those things right. And I think just making sure I'm preparing in a way that is very like, I don't want to just train hard. You don't want to just go and just go all out. You want to be very smart and strategical on how you're training. So making sure like the training that I'm doing is very high level um, and that the things that I'm doing create that type of atmosphere. And so what I say to myself, I think that a lot of things is a lot of mental. So what I, you know, what I'm reading, when I'm reading my mental books, and what I'm telling myself daily is is making myself, molding myself in the person that I want to. Everything I take in, I want to go in that direction of molding myself. So what I watch, what I consume with my eyes, with my what I'm listening to, all those things, I want that to be uplifting, positive, in a way that's going to help me be a champion. And so those are the things that I'm kind of focused on, really dialing in on nutrition and, and the things that I'm doing. Lastly, is just being coachable, I think. You know, you can have a great dad and then you can have a hard heart and not listen to your dad. Or you can have a great coach. You can have a champion coach and you just might think you know everything. And then the champion coach won't be able to give you any knowledge. This guy's you have a coach that's one of the best. He's been through it. He's gone that street and he's fell in that hole a few times, but he figured out how to go around it. And I'm just like, I know everything. I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. I'm listening to my friends. Well, I'm going to fall in the hole. Just having that mindset of like, Hey, I want to seek people who are wise. I, I even have a, a mentor. Um, my dad mentors me. I have another mentor from the church. I have people who have gone through life or older. They've gone through life. They're married. They know all the things that can help me. And so they're offering me wisdom. And I have to have an open ear. I have to be uh, coachable. I have to be humble. I have to understand like, hey, this person is here to love me and help me. And as I continue to listen, I grow as a person. And I grow as a wrestler. And so those are the things that I focus on. I focus on uh, being mentored. I focus on being coachable and listening and really trying to uh, understand what my coaches, what my dad are trying to help me achieve. Man, I, I love that. And, you know, I always say a coach is not a crutch. The best athletes in the world, and you guys represent that, especially in the wrestling world. And it's so awesome and inspiring to hear you say that and really touch on that. Because so many times we might feel like in our marriage, like, I, I, I can't talk to somebody about what I'm going through, man. You know what I mean? I, that's why I don't, I don't like to call it marriage counseling. I like to call it marriage coaching. Because I'm like, hey, it's like, 
I want to get coached up, right? Or in business, I mean like, hey, if I've got somebody who's where I'm, I want to go, like they can fast track me. I just got to be willing to resource up, maybe make an investment of time or energy or, or money or sometimes all three, right? It costs money to travel all around the world, right? And, and to get poured into by the best people and so forth and so on. So, but, but having that coach, someone that's gone where you want to go, you know, many times they're able to get you there so much faster. So you don't have to fall on the hole. Like we've used that example, right? Like they can really fast track you and, and help you do it in a way where you can, you know, you, you just get there so much faster. It's working smarter, not harder, right? Like you're saying, Hey, I can go in there and I can train for hours and just do certain things, but I want to make sure that I'm being strategic about taking the time that I am investing to do it in the way that's going to give me the most optimal result, which is incredible. So, well, this has been awesome, guys. You know, I do want to know, you know, where is the greatest way to say if, if anybody wants to follow you guys, get more wisdom from you, learn from you, see your journey. Uh, what, what's the easiest way for people to uh, to follow you guys and to get poured into it? Say they, they want to, you know, see your guys' journey. What, what's the best way to follow you guys? On most of my social media platforms, it's just Car Champ, so C-A-R and then Champ. That's for most of my social media, so it's easy to find me that way. Reach out uh, if you want to be encouraged. Yeah, I'm not on there that much. My wife's Facebook and then Olympian Car on Twitter. Yeah. If you find David, you'll be able to find uh, Nate, <laughs> family, and well, that's awesome, guys. Well, well, thank you so much for the opportunity, you know, to pour into the Champion Life Nation. And like I said earlier, you know, this mission is all about building champions for Christ and helping men, especially just go next level one victory at a time. That's it. That's what this is all about. And so if you're watching this episode, I want to encourage you reach out, share with us what were one or two greatest takeaways that you got from this episode, you know, because I would love to be able to maybe revisit another uh, episode in the future after David goes on and wins another national championship. I'm speaking that, but even greater than that is just the continued impact that he's having in the world from his face standpoint and coach. It's an effort that revolves around all of us working together for victory. You know, we are what we call the body of Christ, right? And we all have different gifts that God has given us to impact the kingdom. And that's what I'm trying to do my best here at Champion Builders. And uh, you can find us, but let us know how we can have even, even a greater impact. And thanks for tuning in. And Nate and David, I just thank you guys so much uh, for, for jumping in and taking an hour out of your guys' day-to-day to join us. So we appreciate you guys. Yes. Good job, Kurt. Continue yeah. success. And it's a great book. And I love your book as well. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Champion Life Podcast. I hope that you learned a thing or two that can help you create the champion life that you desire and that God has for you. Now, before you go, I have one ask. If this episode resonated with you in any way, I want to hear about it. Please shoot me a personal message on Facebook at Kurt Tucker or Instagram at Kurt D. Tucker. Stay tuned for the next episode, my friend, and as always, keep growing and keep going.